I want to start off tonight with a picture for you all to see. This is a picture of a snake. Now, they found this snake in Virginia. This lady went out to her garden, and in this garden, she looked down, and she saw a copperhead snake. And the copperhead snake has two heads. And so she's looking at that, so of course she calls someone, and they looked at this, and in her front yard, and so experts came, you know, because there's always an expert for something, so there's apparently experts for two-headed snakes, and they came out and got this snake, and the snake has only one heart, the snake has only one set of lungs, but the snake has two heads, and each head has a brain. And so here's this snake, and this is how this snake lives. Both heads want to eat, and so it takes the snake twice as long to eat, and also they say it is twice as dangerous for the snake because it takes them twice as long, so they have to look around, or whatever snakes do, because one snake eats and the other snake eats, and it takes twice as long, so predators are going to get them. And so an expert at the Wildlife Center in Virginia, this is the quote, based on the anatomy, it would be better for the right head to eat, but it may be a challenge since the left head appears to be more dominant. How confusing. Those snakes. I mean, I'm thinking it. If there's a snake beside, like if I have a head and there's a snake over here, I'd probably bite the snake. But then what would happen is I would die because it would happen. So these snakes actually live this way. The left snake is more dominant. And so what they say here is experts also said that the internal conflict, so imagine that, the internal conflicts of having two heads and being a snake, prevent these snakes from living very long. And so we're looking at a two-headed snake in Virginia, and there's not going to live very long. And so I just want you to have that. I wanted to start that off tonight because we're going to bring these snakes up later from the scriptures that we read today. Because there's something very important about what I'm going to say about these two snakes. They have a hard time because you have two heads and they're trying to figure out who's going to eat first and who's not going to eat first. And later on in these scriptures, you're going to see what the Bible says and what James says about something called double-minded. He uses the word double-minded. So just remember the snake. And as we jump into James and as we get to that scripture in just a little bit, remember the snake because remember the phrase that I said with this snake, because of the internal conflicts, these creatures may not live very long. Because one's trying to do one thing and one's trying to do another. And so last week, as we started James, we talked about who wrote James. We talked about the date. We talked about um, James was writing to people that were scattered about. And the main subject last week that we talked about was the subject of trials. It says that you need to consider, which for the people that weren't here last week, just for you to understand that part of it, it means that before the trial even happens in your life, God is wanting us to consider that we are going to have trials. He wants us to already mark it on the calendar. 
He wants us to put it down that we're going to have trials. And so when we read that last week, we realized that it said that we will have trials. And so now we start tonight in verse 5. We understand that it says to rejoice when you have trials. That doesn't mean to be happy. That just means this. It's an inward joy that you have because you know this. You've already considered in your heart that you're going to have trials. And the reason the joy comes in is because you know that this trial is happening because God is trying to produce patience in your life. We talked about all this last week. And so now, when we finish in verse 4, the next thing, of course, we go to verse 5. So if you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to James 1, and we're going to go right into verse 5, because it's still talking, in my eyes, it's still talking about trials, but this is what verse 5 says. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to you. So God is saying this in verse 5. He is saying that when you have a trial, and if you lack wisdom, now wisdom, that word wisdom is from the Greek word Sophia. In this case, there's two Greek words for wisdom. This Greek word is Sophia, which means getting wisdom for our circumstances, wisdom from God about how to handle something. And so this word Sophia, if any of y'all lack wisdom, what that's saying is when you have a trial in your life, when you have something that is going on in your life, if you lack wisdom how to handle this trial, then what needs to happen is you need to ask God for wisdom on that trial. Now, as we talk about that, let me point out a couple of things. First of all, I believe that when we all have trials, what happens to us many times is we, trials don't really come up to us in advance. I mean, we may know that some things may happen in advance, but trials usually happen to us all at once. It's just a shock. If any of you all have ever had trials, you realize that something happened, and then all of a sudden you somebody gives you a report, and you have this trial, or a relationship breaks up. And so many times what happens to us is when we have a trial, many people, we panic. We have a tendency to panic. And then we, when we panic as people, what we do is we try to solve a problem any way that we know how to solve a problem. And so one of the reasons the Bible says consider it, consider that you're going to have a trial, to already know you're going to have a trial, is because God is trying to say to us, whenever we have a trial, really the way that you're going to be able to get through this trial because God's, remember, God's trying to build patience in your life. Remember, that's the key. He's trying to build patience. He's trying to make us patient. He's trying to build our godly character. He's trying to spiritually build us. And so what happened is when we face these trials, many of us panic. And then when we panic, we start to do things that probably aren't the wisest things to do. Does that make sense? We may say some things. We may even do some things that are not very wise. 
many of us, if we look back over hard times in our life, we can probably look back and we, we don't look back with regret because God's forgiven anything that we might have done that wasn't right. But many times when we have a trial in our past, many times we probably didn't handle it the best way that we could have handled it now that we look back at it. And so that's why God's saying, consider the trial. You're going to have trials. And I'm giving you this trial. I'm allowing this trial to happen to you to build patience. But yet I want to tell you that if any of you lack wisdom, you ask me. And so here's a trial. And when we come into a trial, before we do anything, we probably need to ask God for wisdom on how we're going to handle this trial. Does that make sense? That's why God's... Because God's saying that if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And God gives and gives and gives. See, God wants to give you wisdom on how to handle a trial. Does that make sense in your heart to realize that God wants to give you wisdom because God is the one that is trying to build the patience in your life. So He wants to give you this wisdom on how to handle this trial. And so, you ask of God wisdom. Now before we ask God of wisdom, what we also have to understand is this, that God has already given us a book of wisdom. Does that make sense? God has given us a book full of His Word. And so wisdom comes in the Word of God first. For example, I just put, picked out some. Let's say that you're going through relationship trials. You're going through trials, either marriage or even just relationships. And you look in the Bible, and in Ephesians 4, 2 and 3, the Bible says, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. That's a great Scripture, isn't it? To me, that's wisdom. So when you're having a relationship problem, the, God, the Bible has already told us with wisdom how to handle a lot of that. Number one, the Bible says we need to be humble. The Bible also says that we need to be gentle. The Bible also says that we need to be patient. That we need to bear with one another. That we need to love one another. The Bible says that we need to work in the Spirit of God because of the bond of peace. So the wisdom has already come from God through the Word of God. And so it says, if any of you lack wisdom, well, in this case, the wisdom was already here in the Word of God. And so I would just pray to God, God, I really need some wisdom to know how to handle this situation that I'm in. God, please show me a Scripture that is going to help me with that. And God takes you to His Word and gives you that wisdom. Ephesians 5.25, let's say you're having some problems with husbands and wives. It says, for husbands, this means love your wife just as Christ loved the church. He gave up His life for her. That's wisdom. That's wise when you're having problems as a husband and wife. It also says in Ephesians 5 even more, 
as it says, Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he may sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, that he might present to the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or such thing, that she may be holy and blameless. And in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. And then in relationships, the Bible says, love is patient, love is kind. It is not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud. It is, does not dishonor other people. It is not self-seeking. It is not e easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. And so when a trial comes up, let's just say in a relationship, then we already have the wisdom of God and the Word of God. And got, we ask God, God, give me that wisdom. If any of us lack wisdom, we ask God, God, give me the wisdom. Show me in Your Word. Or God, instill in my heart through your spirit how to handle this situation. That's the wisdom it's talking about. It's talking about the wisdom that has to do with the trial. If it's a financial problem, say, God, give me the wisdom how to handle this situation. God, give me the wisdom to know how to handle a health problem. And let's say a health problem comes up. God, give me the wisdom to know how I'm going to handle this health problem. And then ask God to bring to your mind scriptures in the Bible or search the Bible for scriptures to give you wisdom. Because God is saying that when we have a trial in our lives, what we need more than anything in that trial is we need God's wisdom. We need God to reach down and we need God to show us what he wants us to learn during this trial. And so the first thing that I want to share with you is this. When we already consider that we're going to have trials, then what we need to consider is we need to consider it joy and then God's just not leaving us out to face this trial by ourselves. God's saying, you, if you lack wisdom, you ask of me. And he says, I'm going to give that wisdom to you, and I'm going to give that wisdom to you as much as you need, as much as you want. And God will do that. And so with that comes verse 5, which is very important, because you had to understand the wisdom that comes from the Word of God and comes from God, He doesn't want you to lack any of that. God's given you every available tool to understand how you are going to deal with the trial that you're going through. That means that we sometimes are going to have to search for what God wants us to do. And so if you've already considered that you might have a trial, which it says to, right? It says consider it joy. Consider, already mark it down, you're going to have a trial. Then when the trial comes, Spend time with God. The temptation when a trial comes is to panic. But God's saying to you, spend time with me. Seek out wisdom on how to handle this problem. 
And so in verse 5, it's very important that we ask God. Really, we ask God before anyone, how am I going to handle this situation? Which jumps into verses 6 through 8, which we go right into it, because it all kind of fits together. But when you ask, you must believe. So it's, it's asking. God, I'm asking, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. The two-headed snake. He has two brains. He doesn't know what he's going to do. And he's not going to last very long because this head's trying to do this and this head's trying to do this and they become double-minded. Now, what does that word double-minded mean? Double-minded basically means this. In Greek, it means two souls. It means two souls. Now, us as human beings, we do not have a body. We, we, we do have a body, but our body's not our main part. Our main part is our soul. And so when it's saying here that when you ask God, you must believe and not doubt because what happens when we doubt is that we get tossed to and fro. And he's saying being double-minded is very, very dangerous to happen to someone because what happens to a double-minded man, if you have two souls, that means that you are debating about who you're going to listen to. And think about a trial that you may go through. Think about something that you may go through in your life. You have a choice when that trial comes into your life. You have a choice at that very point to either follow what this is saying about asking for wisdom or you have a choice to listen to other things and other people and their opinions. Now, I'm not saying that other people's opinions aren't right, and I'm not saying other people's opinions may not be on track. What I'm saying is this. The Bible is clear in James, and it says that the first thing that we must do in a trial, if we lack any kind of wisdom, is go to God. Now, I think it's okay to get godly counsel. That's not exactly what I'm talking about. But many times what happens is when we have a problem and when we have a trial, we'll start listening to everything possible that we can listen to. Oprah. She's a billionaire today. Dr. Phil. Steve Harvey. Self-help books. Anything that we can possibly find and put our hands on to be able to take care of it. Any trial that you come on, and let's say in your marriage, then you have to just find a book to teach you how to do that. We have a book to teach us how to do our marriage. And it has the wisdom how to do our marriage. I'm not saying it's not important to get counsel. I'm just saying this. If you're going to get counsel, if you're going to find out how to live your life, and you want to do that, make sure it's godly counsel. 
Make sure that people are using the Word of God to help you with your trial. Anything that we come up with in our life, financial, health-wise, relationship-wise, we have to be very, very careful to listen to the world's solution to that problem. It's very dangerous. And so what I would say to everybody in this room, when you have a trial that comes up in your life, and you have something that is just devastating you in your life, I'm saying it's okay to seek godly counsel, but the first thing you need to do is get on your knees before God and ask God for wisdom in your life. Because could you imagine a double-minded man listening to the world and at the same time listening to God? And basically that word means this, two souls. And so what you are doing is splitting your mind trying to figure out how to handle this problem and you're listening to the world and then you're listening to people over here and you're trying to figure out what to do, I'm here to say you listen to one soul and that is God who made your soul and He is the one that gives you the right path. And as He gives you that path and you live that path, what happens to your life is you start to feel a peace in your life. But we've all been there. We've had relationship problems, and we talk to our friend, hey, I'll just go talk to my neighbor. And your neighbor says, well, this is what you need to do. You need to do this and this and this and this. The problem is, this and this and this and this is completely against the Word of God. And then you come over on this side, and God's saying to you, well, the Bible says this, or the Bible says this, or the Bible says this, and the Bible says this. I'm saying to you, even though it may be harder sometimes to do what the Word of God says at that time, even though it's right, it may be hard to do, you will ultimately feel peace because you did it the way that the Bible wants you to do it. See, it's a lot harder sometimes to forgive someone for what they did than it is to never talk to them again or even acknowledge them anymore. It's a lot harder to get rid of anger that's stirring up inside of you and give that to God than it is just to be angry at this person over and over. It's a lot harder not to worry about your finances, as the Bible says, because God says if He can take care of the birds of the world, can He take care of you? Instead of worrying about it and then trying to figure out what to do. See, today would have been a good day for us to be double-minded in the stock market if you watch the stock market. Last month was a great month. Today was terrible. So if I'm watching the stock market, then I'm great when it's good. I'm terrible when it's bad. And what does that mean? I'm double-minded. I'm double-minded. I'm saying not, but don't plan. I'm not saying don't plan. I'm just saying this. If you watch it and you let that control you, you're two souls. You're double-minded. 
and you start to worry over here, you don't worry over here, and you don't worry over here because of God, you don't worry over here because you're making money. And so your whole mind has been fixated on money, and what happens is that becomes a trial in your life, and God's saying, take my wisdom when it comes to finances, and trust me. God has some very important things to say about finances. And so you ask God for wisdom in that. But being a double-minded man, it says this, you're going to be tossed to and fro. Boy, that's just not a good way to live, is it? It doesn't feel good. See, when we don't learn to forgive someone, and we start trying to handle something the way the world would handle it, and not the way God wants us to do, it just really tears us up inside. And when we worry about money, or let's just say you got a bad report at the doctor, and it's just tearing you up inside, God's got a better way. God's got a better way for you. And that's what he's saying here in James. He doesn't want you to be tossed to and fro. The devil wants you to be tossed to and fro. He wants you to have peace. You know, when we asked Jesus Christ in our heart, Jesus Christ came into our heart and forgave our sins. And one day we're going to live eternally in heaven with Jesus Christ. And one day we're going to see Jesus He's going to reach out to you. He's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. All your pain will be gone. All your sorrow will be gone. All your worry will be gone. And God loves you so much that God's telling us in this scripture right here that he wants you to be able to have that here on earth. He wants you to be able to have that peace here on earth. And he's telling us how to do it. By turning to him. By asking wisdom for him. Because he knows this. This back and forth thing makes you seasick. Makes you seasick. It will tear you apart. So God's saying, when you have a trial, don't listen to the world. Don't listen how to solve it from the world's point of view. Open my word. Get godly counsel. Listen to the wisdom that comes from the God who created this universe. And I don't mean to be cutting down other people on TV or anything, but I would much rather hear from the God who created the universe than Dr. Phil. I like him. I mean, he's a nice guy. But I would much rather hear from the God of the universe. So do not fall into that trap. Turn to God. Turn to God's wisdom. Ask God, and he will pour on you a blessing and fountain and peace 
of wisdom during your trial that will give you peace in your heart even though it is tearing you apart right now in your gut and in your heart and in your mind. God will give you a peace. Whatever your trial is, think of your trial right now. Think of a trial you're going through right now. Whatever that trial is right now, we have a God who right now, tonight, this very moment, says in His Word that He wants to pour on you wisdom from His Word and wisdom from His Spirit to be able to help you have peace in this trial that you're going through right now. Some of you all walked in this room tonight and your stomach was in knots because of something you're going through. And some of you all tonight will walk out of here and your stomach will still be in knots because of something you're going through. How do I know that? Because everybody's going through some type of trial. But I'm here to say to you that the Word of God is saying to you that God loves you so much, He's already given you a way to be able to have His peace in your heart. And we do that through Jesus Christ. But in the midst of trial, He's given you a way to be able to have peace in the midst of that trial by asking for His wisdom. And that wisdom comes from the Word of God. And the wisdom comes from His Spirit. And so, you go home and search the Bible. You call us up here at the office. We'll help you find some scriptures to deal with the trial you're going through. You ask God on your knees, God, through your Holy Spirit, give me wisdom to know how to handle this situation. And then you look in the Word of God and you follow God. And what God's going to do is bring peace upon your life in the midst of whatever trial you're going through. Don't let the world tear you apart. That's not how God wants you to live. God wants to build patience in your life. God wants to build godly character in your life. And sometimes we're allowed to go through trials because God's trying to build you up. Don't let the devil win in this temptation of your life to worry and fret over whatever trial you're going through. Get the wisdom of the almighty God. Your life will change. Your life will forever change because you're trusting in the God that created the universe. To me, that would be the most important thing that could happen in your life tonight. Now, we have a couple other scriptures, but I really don't want to go there because I feel like tonight that people in this room tonight, I think some of us in this room, we're going through some very hard times in our life. Maybe it's something with health. Maybe it's something with finances. Maybe it's something with a relationship. I'm not sure what your trial is. But I know this. You turn to the Word of God. It says it right here. And you ask God for wisdom how to handle this trial you're going through. And God will just start pouring it on you. But I'm going to have to say this. Reject the wisdom of the world. Because it never compares to the wisdom of God. Seek godly counsel. Find scriptures to help you to go through what you're going through. And let God free you and liberate you. Maybe not of the trial, but just the pain of the trial.
to know God's there with you, with his arms around you, hugging you, helping you through this trial. Does that make sense? And God will change your life. So, Father, I'm praying now for each one in this room. I just have a sense in my mind, in my heart, as I was talking about this, Father, we've all had trials and we're all going through trials in our life. And, Father, we just need your wisdom. And so, Father, for each person in this room tonight that is dealing with a trial, Father, I'm asking right now that you give them the wisdom that comes from your word and the wisdom that comes from your spirit. Father, I'm asking that on behalf of everybody in here. Father, I know your word says that we ask, and Father, I pray that they will ask. But I pray, Father, that every trial that's happening in this room, that, Father, that you will give them wisdom to know how to handle it. Father, for people in this room that already know you as Lord and Savior, Father, and because of the trial in their life, they've just lost their peace. Father, restore that peace back in their heart. Let them realize that the joy of a trial is inward. And that joy comes from you. Father, it's only through you that we can have freedom. And Father, I'm praying for the life of every person in this room, starting with me, Father, that that freedom only comes from you. And Father, when they trust you with their trial, and Father, they focus on you and do not become double-minded, that they focus on you, they will start to feel a peace in their heart. Even though it may be tough, they'll feel a peace. So Father, free people tonight from the worry and the slavery and the burden of trials that they may be going through in their life. And Father, I pray for people that are going through trials. I pray, Father, that just in my own heart as an intercessor, Father, I pray that you remove those trials from their life. You know better than I do, but God, I pray that you remove these trials from their lives. Father, we know you're sovereign. We trust you. And so, Father, I ask tonight, watch over each person. Help us to turn to you and seek that wisdom. Maybe you're here tonight and you want to join our church tonight. In a minute we'll have an invitation and we invite you to come forward and join our church tonight. Many of you all are here tonight and maybe you just need prayer tonight. We'll be up here to have a time of prayer with you. I just know this. God, I feel God in this room in a sense of people being free tonight from worry and fear and bondage of some of the trials that they're going through. Not so much the trial, 
as the emotions of the trial. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. During this invitation time, we make it an opportunity for you to come up and take a minister by the hand. We'll talk to you about asking Jesus in your heart. You can get saved. So, Father, thank you for this time that we've had tonight. Thank you for the Word of God and how it frees us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.